opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. We do investing simplified. Welcome into Investing Simplified. However, you're joining us today. Thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show on Apple and Android podcast devices as well as Amazon Music. This is Matt Sudol, Wealth Manager. Here together with me is Matt May, our also a Wealth Manager and Chief Investment Officer. How are you, sir? I am well. How about you? Doing well. We had Bo here for a week. We let the guy back into the studio to record. <laughs> I he think was knocking. It, finally he was knocking. We were talking to him. He's been um, uh, doing different things and wasn't in front of the radio uh, as much as we have been. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we get him back in because people like to hear from all of us. So that was a nice uh, break for us, and so we've been off ourselves for a week. Uh, but as always, plenty to talk about, plenty to talk about. So sort of top of my mind, and this has been going back and forth, uh, is the debt ceiling, right? The debate. And sure. I was just talking to you about this, that it used to be where we were hitting the debt ceiling and we were running out of money, basically, and the you know market would sell off rapidly. And then we would get to an agreement. Oh, and the market would shoot up. And then, oh, wait, something got shut down. And it was very, very volatile. Mm -hmm. And it's almost sad to see it now that nothing happens. The market just keeps going because we know that it'll likely get extended. There's no way we're just going to default on our debt obligations. Possibly. Um, hopefully. I mean, hopefully. You right? know, I, I kind of, I, I don't really know for certain how that's going to turn out. Usually, you know, I, we have to go back to 2011 when there was a pretty big standoff that led to the S&P downgrading the U.S. debt right. to AA from AAA. All the other major rating agencies didn't change their right. debt, their the rating, but they did change the outlook to negative at that time. But, you know, going back to those days, the government did have some shutdowns. And it seems right. to be there's some kind of, kind of the, the holdouts that were, you know, voting on McCarthy to be speaker. And, you know, it, it, there was like, what, 14 votes or something like that. There was a lot of holdouts. Oh, we yeah. only know what kind of, you know, we're not sure well, what kind of concessions were made. That's some true. were, but, uh, you know, it, it's just a fractured party. So those are some pretty extreme views. And they might just do the same kind right. of holdout on, on this debt ceiling deal. Yeah. So that's the only thing that really troubles it, me. That could happen, and, and we could see delays. We could see parts of the government all of a sudden shut down, which would not be ideal. Eventually, they'll come up with some sort of an agreement, likely, to continue to function. But in the meantime, doesn't mean there's not going to be drama, because if we're, we know anything about politics... There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of back and forth. There's negotiation. Really? There's, I didn't know that. Right? Well, uh, turn on uh, news any day <laughs> and see what's going on, right? Um, there are always things that they could be doing with their time, 
but a lot of the time they're spending on just bickering back and forth and trying to instead of trying to come up with a uh, good solution. So it, it, it's an interesting debate. Does it really make a huge difference for difference for our listeners? You know, day in day out. You know, what if you work for the government? It might because, as you said, there was periods of time where all of a sudden. They were getting close to not paying people because they cut the budget. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they were furloughing federal employees, yeah. but usually they have paid all of that missed um, income, the, the employment income. They've paid that back, and uh, that's, that's typically how they've operated in the furlough situations. Right. Uh, you know, it, the implication is that if the U.S. defaults on the debt, of course, our debt, the U.S. Treasuries could be slammed in price. It could have ramifications in the U.S. stock market. It could have ramifications in the global market oh, it because would for sure have yeah. those ramifications because U.S. has a lot of outstanding debt, and a lot of the debt is held by foreigner investors. Right? It's not just held by U.S. citizens. So right. it would have huge ramifications. Which is why, at the end of the day, if we look at it six months from now, we'll look back and say, okay, well that was dramatic. We continued. Now, one thing that's important to note is that we mentioned this on the show once or twice. You can't operate like Congress. You can't operate with that assumption that you can just continuously increase your credit limit and continue to get further and further into that. That's what the U.S. government is effectively doing right at the moment. Right. But it is not what, you know, the everyday American should or could be doing just because obviously can't do that right you you have to balance you reach a limit you 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 reach a point where is that sustainable are we going to have to raise taxes or cut spending to tackle the debt and you know balancing the budget does seem like a smart idea from a fiscal perspective to not spend more than you're bringing in in exactly Exactly. It I would don't be necessarily like the idea perfect. of increased taxes, but and I don't like the idea of cutting spending. But when you have a thirty-one trillion plus dollar debt, it's got to be paid somehow, right? And this, you know, this is a nice little segue almost you've created for me, which is I appreciate segue into planning. How does that relate? Well, when you're doing financial planning, when you're trying to come up with a strategy for your retirement, you have only two levers you can pull. You can either spend less or make more money, whether that be through going back to work or by increasing potentially risk on your portfolio. Those are really the only levers you have. And so if you're thinking about retiring, sit down and say, okay, well, what do I spend on a monthly basis? What would it take for me to run the household for a month? And can I do it? How much of that comes from Social Security? We were just bringing this up that when Social Security was initially introduced, it was only supposed to fill in, what, 40% of the income in retirement. exactly right, yeah. And nowadays we're seeing, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people rely on Social Security uh, for most of their retirement. So there's that component. You may or may not have a pension. You may not may not have a retirement account. Um, but then the question becomes, if I have, let's say, $300,000 in my retirement account, what does that mean on a monthly basis or on an annual basis? And it is hard to determine that exact number, especially if you don't work with anyone just because... You know, if you go onto your 401k plan, they may have graphs and charts that give you some ideas and you have to put in some assumptions, which is a lot what, uh, what happens. Uh, but that still can be confusing, right? Which is why we offer complimentary consultations to our listeners. So if you're thinking about heading towards retirement, maybe you're a few years out, doesn't have to be, you know, 
decades. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. And if you'd like to sit down with one of us to do an analysis, to get that complimentary review, our number here is 503-253-3000. And, you know, week before Bo was on, we were talking about, you know, how to prepare for a recession. And we spent, you know, our pretty much entire episode talking about different ways of adding ideas or tools to your tool belt so that way you're more prepared for a potential recession if it comes or if if we're in one. It's interesting because the topic of a recession has been obviously all over the news. And I was actually just speaking with someone the other day, and I think it was Morgan Stanley that was a little bit more bullish on the economy or where Mm -hmm. things could potentially end, kind of a softer landing as they call it. But the same individual I was talking to is like, well, actually, but this other company was completely going the opposite direction. They're talking about, you know, carnage and wreckage and just a hard landing. And so you have really large institutions predicting one or the other. Nobody really knows what will happen. So if you prepare yourself for the worst and then the worst doesn't happen, you're probably going to be better off if the, you know, better outcome happens, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Depending on, you know, not making rash decisions, right? It can, the headlines that we're seeing, the risk level and just the number of risks and the size of the risks out there can be really daunting to be Do you there, to be investing in this environment. It really is. Uh, it is challenging, and you've got a lot of baby boomers retiring or have retired, and now that's going. They're living on their final growth of nest egg, and now we've had a bad year in 2022, and the, certainly the situation doesn't look much rosier in 2023 with respect to a potential yeah. recession. So, yeah, it, it can really challenge an investor not to go to cash, not to panic and sell. But, you know, we would say check your investment strategy with your long-term plan and look at the risk level that you need to take in order to hit your long-term goals so you don't get caught up in the the moment, the the short-term, the you know, all the... Emotional roller coaster of, right. of news cycles because... The volatility this, of this market. It's very normal for the news cycle to beat up what's hot and popular right now. Sure. Everyone is talking about how bad things are, how the economy is slowing down, how everything is going, unfortunately, the wrong direction. There are a few people coming up and saying, hey, well, here's the silver lining. And we try to focus on our silver linings here on our show all the time. But there is a lot of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt getting pumped in to through the TVs, through the radio, I shouldn't say that, but we are on the radio. Lots of people <laughs> listen, and there's news cycles that come on here, too, and talk about how bad things are. Fear, fear really sells. It does. You can check on any show on TV that is related to like news in general, but financial news. Right. I mean, the, the stuff that people want to pay attention to is just the, just the real fear and breaking news breaking news this this thing is going bad everybody just ears perk up and you want to pay attention to it and and we get that but still at the same time you know this kind of ties into what you were telling me about before we recorded the show they started the show is that warren buffett looking at his holdings just kind of like how long he has held various investments it was pretty impressive there was an article i found uh, on yahoo finance where it talks about his 10 longest-held stocks, the number one stock, and he's pretty well-known for this, Coca-Cola. He's held for 34 years, uh, and then he's also had American Express for just about 30, 29 years. But then we've got other companies, you know, 15, 18 years, 17 years, all around the spectrum. Now, he's obviously 
older, but even you know him being in his late eighties or ninety, I don't know how old he is. He's pretty far. That's still you know somebody that might have started investing in his fifties and held the stock. Now, has the company always been going up? No, they've had ups, they've had downs, and if you continue to hold it, now that we're not saying that one should or shouldn't hold particular position for long term. The idea and what we're trying to portray is that if you have a plan and you have a long-term strategy and vision in mind, then does does this volatility, does this fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and all these breaking news and everything really affect you day in and day out? And this is where you have to kind of look in the mirror, look at yourself, look at your plan. It's okay, was I prepared for this? Is this maybe taking me off track by a bit, but can I get back on track with a few adjustments? Or am I not prepared? And this is why I'm scared, because that's what the news is really feeding on. People that really didn't prepare themselves and put themselves in a better situation. So if you've been listening for a while, you know we offer a complimentary consultation. We're happy to do so for our listeners. Give us a call here at 503-253-3000 to take advantage of one of those sessions. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break, Matt. We'll come back with more information on what's going on in the economy and planning and such. So with that, we'll be right back with more Investing Simplified. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt Sudol. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you for making us a part of your day. This is Investing Simplified. This is Matt Sudol, Matt May, coming to you from Price Financial Group. Before our break, we talked about a couple of things that are happening in the economy. There's a lot of uncertainty still baked in, as we know, and Matt and I have used the reference of a 800-pound gorilla, and lots of the gorillas are still with us. Some of them have maybe slimmed down a bit, but most of them are still there. And if for anyone that's tuning in first, thinking, wait, I thought this was show about you know investing simplified, right? And we're talking about gorillas. Well, basically what we've nicknamed gorillas are these fear and uncertainty and the doubts that are out there that are with us in a room. So imagine being in a small room with these giant animals and each one of those animals represents a different part of the world that's currently kind of under attack or having issues, you know. So we have the Federal Reserve with the tightening cycle mm-hmm. connected with the inflationary fears or issues. We've got Ukrainian war. We've got now reopening of China, which used to be a gorilla that we were afraid of because they were locked down. Now we're afraid of how quickly will that gorilla get out of the cage in terms of how vastly will their spending increase and will that, you know, prop up inflation further. Um, amongst other items, you know, the one we just mentioned prior to the break was the debt ceiling, which is kind of an here and then and, and leaving and coming back uh, of an issue that we've gotten more um, immune to almost, you know, when we talk about the debt issue. Unfortunately, now we don't have the volatility we used to because of the fact that the expectation is like, hey, well, you know, we'll just extend the credit card and 
uh, increase how much money we're spending. So when it comes to all these gorillas, one of the things that I wanted to also bring up was, you know, recently we had a earnings uh, information that came through. It wasn't earnings. It was mostly about um, producer price index. And there was also uh, December consumer confidence and basically how is the consumer and both of those came way lower than expected which mm-hmm. we're in a cycle of bad news is good news what did i mean by that well if inflation comes down we're cheering which is good now that is that bad news not always but a lot of the time if your inflation number gets too low then you know you're not necessarily growing the economy like you should gdp things like that if they come in lower that's not necessarily good news. Unemployment being higher is bad news, but it's perceived as good news, right? It, so, it, Because it's the thought that, hey, things are so bad, the Fed is going to have to reverse course. You know, that, right, exactly. And that, you know, I was listening to somebody speak. Oh, it was a, a wholesaler that we work with for a particular bond fund. And he was saying, you know, the Fed in 2021 telegraphed exactly what they were going to do in 2022. And they did it, and the bond market didn't believe them, and the bond market got punished. And then they said, end of last year, it's like, hey, here's what we see for 2023. It's like the one big rule of finance is don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the The, Fed. The Fed has been really focused on bringing in inflation, and they've chosen to say, hey, fighting inflation is more important to us than avoiding a recession to prop up the markets, right? Absolutely. So they've been raising interest rates, the Fed funds rate, and also selling out of their $9 trillion war war chest of treasuries that they bought up over the last couple of years. They've been selling that down, and they've also been raising the short-term interest rates to control that inflation. And the vast majority of all recessions have been caused by the Fed raising interest rates. So we have to be sounding the alarm bells on that. So they said that they were going to be raising rates. They did raise rates. And now, you know, they're saying, hey, we're going to raise it a couple more times in 2023, and we're probably not going to cut. And the market is saying, hey, we, we, want, we think you're going to have to, right, you're going to, change you're going to, have to cut. Yeah. So it's like this big game of chicken between oh, the markets absolutely and the it Fed. Is. Yeah. And, and, and so when you get the uh, reports that come in and they're worse off, we had one day where reports came in worse off, which was, again, bad news being good news. So pre-market and initially markets rallied. And then there was almost like a pause in the market where the investors went, wait, but that's really bad news. Oh no, we're going through recession. And then the market sold off. So we're going to continue to have volatility as we head into this potential recession or as we're in recession until the Fed decides, hey, I think enough is enough. Let's pause. Let's reverse course. Let's stimulate the economy, which nobody really knows when that'll happen. And that's part of the equation. It's just that unknown variable. You just have to plan for both cases, you just have to have, as we've talked about on the show, a all-weather portfolio, something that'll get you through the good times and the bad times. So as we were heading towards this segment, I wanted to talk about layoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I believe uh, Microsoft had some recent layoffs. I mean, it oh, seems they like announced that they're going to lay off 10,000 10, people, people. Yeah, which, five, which is 5% of their workforce. 5% of their workforce. Okay. It seems like every day you turn on the news and somebody else is laying off people, which is not something that's good. But again, bad news like that is actually good news for the economy because Jerome Powell has stated before that we've had, you know, just about two jobs for every person out there and he wanted that number to be closer to 
one job per person, which is not an unreasonable request. He's basically saying, let's cool off the job market a, l- a little bit as well. So what do you do if you are hit with a layoff? And I've came up with, uh, come up with five things that I, I don't know if they're all of the things that you should consider, but just five ideas. So the first thing I tell people um, when you come to a life event like that is don't panic because panic causes more damage and more issues than, you know, if you look back, should I have overreacted like this? Yeah, the stress and it induces extra stress, may cause issues in your personal relationships with people because you're all of a sudden, you know, angry or upset. So that's, it doesn't help at all. Um, So don't panic would be the first, first thing. The second thing would be explore what your benefits are. So so, some companies are fortunately providing what are called severance packages. So severance package would typically be something along the lines of, hey, we'll pay you for X amount of weeks or months. We'll keep your health insurance for a certain amount of time. And Mm -hmm. health insurance is very important to check on. If you've been affected by a layoff and you haven't had the conversation with your HR person, whoever it is that delivered the message, check with them, when is my health insurance good through? Because I've seen it to where it's not what people thought, and it's important to remember that if you have to change it and go after different coverage. Gotcha. The second thing would be unemployment benefits. So unemployment is something we can fall back on. Um, If you've been working, you know, a part of your paycheck goes towards making sure that unemployment benefits are covered. And so take advantage of it. It might be, you might only need it for a month or two, but that's why it's there. Yep. Uh, you file. There's a little bit of a wait time typically uh, for unemployment to kick in. I believe it's something around a week or two. Pretty straightforward process from my understanding. You go online, file it, uh, and then each week as you're looking for work, they want to make sure you're checking in with them. They also provide some additional help, obviously, because they're the unemployment department. Some people, you know, <laughs> and unemployment department and employment department are pretty much the same thing because, you know, the unemployment is what pays out the claims, but the employment department wants to get you back out there working. Mm-hmm. So I have heard of cases, I think, where they've actually been helpful. I, I believe back in, and this is a long, long time ago, but my dad got unemployed back in the 2008, um, 2009 area, and uh, he ended up getting some help from the unemployment department to help him get his CDL, which is still something he uses. He's a long haul truck driver. So very important. Keep your resources around you. You know, reach out to people that you know around you. Number three, and it kind of goes hand in hand, would be come up with a plan, game plan. What does that mean? You will sit down with your spouse, if you have one, or if you're by yourself, sit down and point, plan out your next steps. You know, okay, what am I going to apply for? What skills do I have? What's my resume like? When was the last time I looked at it? Refresh that. Clean it up. Then come up with a schedule. Okay, there's so many hours in a week. And you don't want to be sitting in front of a computer applying for jobs 12 hours a day, but every day, a few applications for jobs would be probably not a bad target. Keep track of things is important. If you're getting a call from a potential employer and they're like, hey, you applied for this and this job and your answer is like, I did. Okay. (laughs) That's probably not ideal. So keeping track of things. I've heard of people applying for lots and lots of jobs before they got one. And again, tracking is important. And then think about where where are you financially? You know, are you in a good spot? Do you have an emergency fund? And then together with unemployment benefits and other things, would that carry you through for a period of time? Or are, is your, you know, back in 
back against the wall a little bit, right? And at which point, also, you there are resources to help you. Yeah, that is a benefit of having the emergency savings right. built up because you don't want to be forced to take a job that is not ideal for you just because you need to pay the bills, you know? Right. If you can afford a little bit of a, you know, if you have that cushion, you can afford a little bit longer of a wait time to find a more ideal job. That's just going to work out better for you. Yeah. And then the other thing for planning is, you know, figuring out maybe this is the time to reallocate. I've seen people do that. Hey, maybe I'm in Washington and want to come to the wonderful state of Oregon. Or maybe I'm in Oregon and I don't want to pay the state income tax. And so I will move to Washington, find a job there and relocate. Could be an opportunity for that. Uh, Number four I have on there. This is a silly one, but I think it's important, and that's being positive and positivity and being uh, looking at things as glass half full or finding the silver lining. Maybe this was the right thing, and now you'll find a career that you're more passionate about. Maybe you'll get a higher-paying job, and things will work out just great. I've seen people that have gotten, you know, let's say a three-month severance, and then they land a job a month later. Well, they that severance just became a bonus, which is great. Like, hey, I got something else. So don't just look at it from the downside because you could also feel that through an interview process. If all of a sudden you're frustrated and you're upset, the interviewer is going to know that. And then the last thing would be, you know, while you're doing it, obviously all of those things apply and after, but one of the things to consider not to do is stay away from cashing out your retirement plans. I'm just going to say it like that. Reason why is because you can use those in retirement and those are retirement funds for a reason. So this should be your last resort, probably, especially if you're under the age of 59 and a half, mm-hmm. because if you're under the age of 59 and a half, there's likely some penalties. So if there's a 10% penalty and you pay taxes on it, it's not going to serve you well to pull the money out. Now I have heard a sad statistic on the news the other day, just on news I was watching that one out of three people cash out their plan. So maybe in your 20s or your 30s, you're like, hey, I've got $10,000, $5,000, $15,000. I'll just cash this out. Don't do it. If you can avoid it, don't do it because that those dollars will double, triple if you have keep them in the market or could potentially, I guess I should say, over the long term. That's what sure. has happened in history. So keeping your benefits you know, away or retirement benefits are away from the equation of tapping into them is important. And then the second being, Okay, you're no longer at the employer. You're under your underway of trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Make sure you don't forget about those retirement benefits either. You get caught up with a new job. Make sure you're taking care of potentially consolidating, rolling over your old retirement plan, whether it be to an IRA or to a 401k, just exploring your options. Because Mm -hmm. you're leaving your employer. Paycheck doesn't come from there anymore. You don't go to the office anymore. Why you know, forget about the retirement benefit. Now, it could be well served to stay there, and that can be the case also, but it is worth reviewing those options as well. Yeah, sure. Just remember to be flexible as well. If you, uh, like That's you mentioned, uh, need to move to a different state or pick up a different skill, I mean, these things are important. I would add, you know, maybe what I've seen far too common lately is folks in their mid-60s being laid off. You're right. typically at your top end of your earnings and companies just look at that number and say, Hey, if we need to trim the budget, that's a good place to start. Right. And, you know, I've just seen far too many 
you know, mid sixties, early sixties, mid sixties folks getting laid off. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that impulse is, Oh, my income has stopped. I have some retirement, but let's go ahead and turn on social security and I'm 62. That's a tough, that, that can be a pretty tough situation. Yeah. You know, that's one of the number one mistakes sure. in retirement is turning on social security too early. So uh, let's maybe we can find a strategy to buy you some time right. or maybe we can be flexible, be nimble, maybe take, you know, if we have to a less than ideal job, just so we can avoid taking social security and let it continue to grow for us. Yeah. I'm going to amend my number four from positivity to positivity and flexibility because you're <laughs> right. You got to be flexible. So look at all your options, consider all your options, whether it becomes to social security benefits, 401ks, or any of the things we talked about. If you have been affected by the layoffs, we're very sorry. We wish you the best. But on our side, we're happy to provide a complimentary consultation, see if we can make your day a little bit better, help you out, at least guide you through some of the questions you might have. Happy to do it. Our number here is 503-253-3000. Please give us a call. We'll sit down with you, take some time to get to know you a little bit better, and then talk about your specific situation. So, Mr. Matt, we're coming to the end of this segment, we'll take another quick break. Then when we get back, we'll talk more about some of the things that are important to our listeners. And with that, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Investing Simplified. When planning for income and retirement, there's a lot to consider between managing the budget that fits the family, trying to figure out from where to draw your income, or balancing the tax ramifications of withdrawals, moving into retirement can be overwhelming. At Price Financial Group, we help clients work to create a sustainable retirement roadmap, addressing these concerns and more, and helping folks feel confident in their future retirement income, right when they need it most. If you'd like a financial plan tailored just for you, Please don't hesitate and call our office today at 503-253-3000, 503-253-3000 to set up your complimentary consultation. Price Financial Group offers investment advisory services through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt Sudol. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show on our podcast, whether they be Apple or Android, as well as on our website, www.pricefg.com. This is Matt Sudol coming back to you, Wealth Manager here. Wanted to take a moment in this segment and talk about a couple of items. The first thing uh, being sort of top of mind for everyone, looking at their statements. Uh, and that's kind of confusing as you <laughs> are looking at January statements and maybe you're thinking, well, why is the market green? Why are we potentially making money finally in the market? Um, at least on paper, right? Why is the market rising where things like, you know, eggs are having a problem? We're having layoffs right and left. Um, things don't seem to be going that well. And why is the market green all of a sudden? Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact that as we've talked about on the show multiple times in the past, market prices things in in advance. And so this conversation is something that we often have, and that's to really think about how does the market price things. And when we say the market, um, in general, that just means that you know the overall economy that's traded on the U.S. stock exchange or the bond market and looking at all of that saying, okay, why does it price things ahead? Well, because there's so many people involved 
And the market, we'd like to think, is very efficient. And so it prices things to the latest and the newest information. And so if we have a, let's say, a rate hike like we've experienced, well, those sort of get priced in, you probably heard this before, ahead of time. And so if you're watching CNBC or if you're watching news, there is a hike potentially coming in February of a quarter of a percent, maybe a half a percent. And that number changes, you know, uh, it used to be, hey, we're going to get a half a percent. Now it's looking maybe like it's going to be a quarter percent. And so a lot of people are thinking, well, if I'm thinking of putting money away, let's say it's just something simple as CDs. Why wouldn't I wait? I want to wait and see if that rate goes up and maybe I'll get a quarter of a percent directly back into a CD. And that's not always the case. Now, it could be, could very well uh, be the case that all of a sudden you're going to get a quarter of a percent higher rate on CDs. Uh, but that would be more along the lines of the anticipation of further hikes above and beyond that quarter of a percent, not necessarily that quarter of a percent. And it can be confusing because what are you talking about if the rate's not quite there yet because the Federal Reserve hasn't officially announced, hey, the new rate's a quarter percent higher, how can it be priced in? Well, if you were to stop for a minute and imagine you're a bank and you're issuing CDs, uh, FDIC-insured CDs, you're basically sell selling them, really, uh, and, and somebody comes in, wants to open a CD, buy a CD from you, they're going to get an interest rate, you're going to turn around and have that money, and then you can do something else with it. So banks have lots of regulation on them and what they can and can't do with the money, but they usually may, will make some sort of a spread above the CD. So if they're, let's say, paying you 3% for sake of argument on a CD, they're probably not making just 3% on the money. They're probably turning around and using it in a different spot where they could get you know quarter percent, half a percent, maybe a percent above that interest rate. As rates have gone up, their spread has gotten better too, because uh, that's just how that works. You know, because if you have a a three percent that you're getting offered, maybe they can uh, make a half a percent. But if let's say the interest rate on the CD is only a half a percent, like we were at not that long ago, you know, they can't really have a half a percent on top of that. They'll probably only make maybe if it's the same ratio, maybe something along the lines of you know 0.05 percent of a spread. So it makes it a lot smaller. And so what will happen around town is you'll have, you know, whether it be um, credit unions or banks, they kind of all go in a circle and one up each other a little bit. Sometimes you'll see that in the environment. And that's just purely marketing, just figuring out, okay, what's somebody else paying? How can we get more deposits? So if you see a bank that's asking for deposits, they're usually offering higher rates because they were wanting to get those deposits on a bank, maybe a large, large bank will usually be slightly behind on rates because they don't need as much deposit because they have a lot of deposits just walking through the door every day. So there's a balancing act when you're looking at fixed rates. And so you shouldn't really wait and see because we've waited for a while and you could continue to wait. Think of the opportunity cost. Now, what's the opportunity cost? Well, that's the opportunity you could have with the money while you're waiting. So again, in a hypothetical example, let's say you're getting 3% rate on some sort of a CD. Well, maybe it goes up to three and a quarter in a couple of months, but if you keep it in the bank at, let's say, you know, 1%, that extra 2% you could be making in the period of a month may just be about as much as you are going to gain if the rate goes up. So not saying waiting is not a good idea because it can be. Every situation is different and you should consult with a uh, professional to make sure that, you know, whether it be CD or anything else is the right thing for you. However, 
necessarily waiting doesn't always mean the right thing because you could be waiting and waiting and before you know it, perhaps the Federal Reserve decides to halt rate hikes. Maybe they pause. We're talking about this big pause that may happen. It may very well not happen for a while. Initially, they're talking about pausing it at some point towards the end of this year and then looking at rate cuts in 2024. That's their stance. That's the that's the statement they're releasing. But they could change their mind at any point and they can rate you know, raise rates higher, or they can also cut them uh, sooner. We don't know for sure. All of that is kind of uh, up in the air uh, from meeting to meeting. Now, they're going to stay aggressive on inflation, and they want employment to get equalized, so we don't have as many jobs per person. We have less jobs per person. And so that's very important, and they're going to keep an eye on this, and they don't want to let go too soon. They don't want to take the foot off the brakes on the economy too soon because they know the minute they come out and say, hey, we're done, we're where we need to be. The market will react positively, typically. I mean, that's likely what will happen because all of a sudden, wait, there's no more pain. We're not going to go up higher in rates. Rates are going to stabilize. Businesses can start planning for, hey, I know where rates are, potentially a rate cut. And so they're going to be careful making that message and delivering that message because the, when they do that, what they're trying to avoid is the inflation number to come back up because it could creep right back up. And so going back to what I was talking about here, you know, waiting for rates to go higher may be a good idea, maybe not. Um, it's a good idea to do something with money if you have excess cash uh, in general, right? Above your emergency fund. So we talk about this on the show. You want to have, you know, anywhere from six months to a year worth of an emergency fund. And then that's liquid. Savings account, you know, and a lot of those are paying a decent rate now too. And then above that, you can look at, you know, CDs or other fixed options and, 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 and on and on and on. There's multiple options. But lazy money, we're not fans off. We want to make sure that money is working for you. Now, a year, two years ago, when uh, you know a year CD was only paying maybe a percent, um, less uh, of a workout that the money was having. You know, I mean, you you could make your one percent, but you know how much effort did it take? Was it really worth it? Now, as interest rates have climbed, we're seeing better rates, and so that's uh, that's helpful. Now, the other question that's come up a few times, and it's an interesting concept, is. Hey, Matt, why are nine month or one year CDs paying, you know, call it 4.5 and a half, you know, four and a half percent or higher thereabouts, right? Just ballparking rates change all the time, not looking at any specific, but I'm just saying in general, that's what we've seen as high as four and a half. But then if I go out to a three year CD, let's say, maybe you're only getting closer to 4%. Why is that? Shouldn't I get more of a return on money when I go long term? Well, the answer is, it depends, as it always is really on our show, because every situation is different and everything we talk about has multiple scenarios. But right now, as we're heading or are in a recession, the yield curve is inverted. With the yield curve being, where are yields on U.S. Treasuries at? And the two-year Treasury is currently paying a higher yield than the 30-year Treasury, which is backwards, right? You shouldn't be able to get a higher rate on a short-term you know, investment versus a long-term because you should be rewarded for being in an investment for a longer period of time. However, with the uncertainty of the economy, short-term rates are up, which is what's inverted the yield curve, and we're here. And so that is why we're seeing rates on CDs and other f- options that are tied to interest rates stick to that same rhythm where you have a short-term, you know, money market CD paying just about as much or more then a two, three-year, four-year, and on option. Now, one of the things that we got to make sure we keep in mind 
is not to be too short-sighted because if we scroll the times of the you know the clock back a bit and think about where we were a year ago, year and a half ago, where rates were potentially you know much lower, would you have been excited about getting a four plus percent rate of return on something? You know, when you were only getting one and a half percent or something, right? You'd probably say, well, yeah, of course. But now I'm kind of waiting for things to get to five or six or whatever. Well, again, it's important to kind of uh, take the moment we're in and take advantage of it or make the best uh, out of what we're at uh, and maybe look at our long term. So maybe, and this is, again, depends on every situation, but perhaps nine months or a year is not the option. Maybe you go a little longer term because you want to make sure that if the Fed decides to do what they're going to do and they plan on cutting rates maybe when a year is up maybe rates are much lower and you aren't able to get as big a, you know as good of a cd rate so that's important to remember because if rates drop you may not be able to replace that yield that you were getting and all of a sudden you'll be kicking yourself it's like oh man i should have gone for a three-year or five-year option and so on um, so the general idea i think everybody understands that you know part of that is planning and so there's not a single you know, silver bullet solution to any of it, uh, which is why we come at it from a planning aspect, figuring out, okay, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? What's the income that you need? You know, retirement age, when are you going to post social security? All these things that are sort of the ingredients into this pie we're making. Let's call it a pie. We're making a pie and we need all these ingredients to drive well together and to create a beautiful, delicious pie that would be your retirement. And so in order to do that, we need to get to know you a little bit more, which is why, you know, anything we talk about on our show is just generic information. And uh, if you wanted more information that's for you, the best way to do that is through a complimentary consultation, which we provide to our listeners. And to do that again, you can call us at 503-253-3000. Again, that's 503-253-3000. So talked about this inverted yield curve this weird relationship where short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, um, you know, and, and, and then why is the market up? And we started talking about that. And that was just, you know, a mention that, you know, markets look into the future. So they're trying to predict um, what will happen in the future. Maybe it's like reading a crystal ball. Well, nobody really knows. But as information becomes available, the market tries to price things in as if that was, you know, the new trajectory, which is why we have so much movement in the markets. You know, if you're sitting there watching the markets, most people aren't, but if you're watching it and all of a sudden you have some breaking news that comes in, it could move the markets up or down. It could very well could because in that moment, maybe that news isn't that important, but maybe it'll be important in three months or six months, or maybe it's something that we just found out a couple months ago was X and all of a sudden it's changed to Y. And so the market tries to price that in. And so the same thing happens with interest rates. And so the same thing a lot of the times happens with uh, earnings and companies and such, which is partially potentially why we're having a little bit of a, a rally here at the start of the year when markets are doing o- o- relatively okay. And that's because a lot of the pain, as I call it, has been priced in. Not all of it, but a lot of it has, because we had, you know, as we talked about on the show, 2022 on record was the worst year since 2008 when it comes to the S&P 500 performance. We were down, you know, quite a bit. And so maybe some of the pain's been priced in. Does it mean all the pain has been priced in and we should just sail sail off into the sunset? Well, maybe, um, but we don't know. We really don't know. And in order to be prepared, you should plan, which is what we talk about. If you don't have a plan, if you're not prepared, you're going to have an anxiety, you're going to worry about it, and that's not good for anyone. So again, give us a call at 
253-3000 if you'd like to sit down and get to know your situation a little bit more and seeing, okay, how does this apply to me? You know, how do I put the pieces of my personal puzzle together? Or maybe how do I make my own retirement pie? Hey, do I have all the ingredients? Do I need to change things up? And I know pies usually don't require a lot of ingredients, and I'm not a baker. Uh, Bo does a good job with cheesecakes, so maybe I'll use him to have us, uh, give us a nice cheesecake analogy. But I think the message is helpful. And really, it comes down to the better the ing- ingredients you're using, and the more you follow the recipe, the more chances you have of this potential cheesecake or pie coming out good. It looks like I'm coming up to another break. So we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Investing Simplified. If you or someone you know is 65 or older, now is the time to talk about Medicare options. Medicare is an integral part of your financial picture, but there are so many options it can be confusing and overwhelming. Price Financial Group has recently introduced an experienced Medicare specialist who can provide you with a complimentary consultation to cut through the noise and ensure your Medicare needs are aligned with your overall plan. We have offices conveniently located in the metro area and working with our Medicare specialist won't cost you anything except a bit of your time. Call 503-253-3000 or visit PriceFG.com to schedule your complimentary consultation today. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt Sudol. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, again, thank you for making us a part of your day. We appreciate our listeners. If you've missed part of the show, if you go to pricefg.com under the radio section, we've got uh, recent shows posted there. We're also available on Amazon Music, as well as Android and Apple, both podcasts. Just look up Investing Simplified and subscribe if you haven't, uh, and you can listen to prior shows. We've got a rolling uh, few that um, are showing up there. So going back to what we were talking about, we spent you know today's episode on layoffs. Sadly, uh, we talked about what to do if you got laid off, uh, what sort of things to look out for. We talked about this concept of an inverted yield curve and what's that doing to short-term versus long-term rates. And I wanted to wrap things up with a couple additional things on the planning side. Because again, like I mentioned in the prior episode or a prior segment here, if you don't have a plan, if you're not prepared, then you're guessing and, and you can get yourself into a situation where you're worried and maybe not feeling very good about retirement. And maybe you should, or maybe you shouldn't. It all depends on your particular situation. However, having information is always helpful in trying to determine what potentially next steps you should be taking, what isn't, wasn't working and such. So before I jump into it, one of the other things I wanted to bring up was mortgages. And the yield curve conversation does apply there a bit too. And the way it applies is that we've seen mortgage rates come down a little bit. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And uh, so I don't want to quote anything specific, but I know that at the end of 2022, we hovered over 7%. Let that sink in for a minute. Seven, seven and a quarter percent. Those are the mortgage rates. While we started 2022 in the mid to high twos, maybe low 3% ranges, it was an incredibly, incredibly steep number we achieved. We're going to have somebody come to our show and 
talk about mortgages here in the next couple of episodes. We've got that planned so we can get an update. But the inverted yield curve is also affecting mortgages because you can get a 30-year mortgage, which is what a lot of people do. Most people will probably go for the 30-year mortgage. From a cash flow standpoint, it may make sense. But then some people are like, well, I want to pay off my loan sooner. Why don't I do a 15-year or 20-year mortgage or 10-year mortgage or something? And so you would think, hey, if I'm going shorter term, I should be paying a lower interest rate. And that isn't always necessarily true. And the spread or the difference between a 30-year and a 15 are very slim right now. I mean, we're not talking very much. Thankfully, rates have come down from a 7-plus to a 6-plus range, and maybe they'll trend down a little bit more. I guess time will tell. But if you're getting a 15-year mortgage, if a 30 is at six and a quarter, let's say, you know, you might only be getting a 5.75, a 6% rate. It may not be enough of a change to where you're like, oh man, I should jump on this. Now, why would somebody consider 30 versus a 15? Well, the simple answer is cash flow. So if you're heading or in retirement or even prior to retirement, at the end of the day, whatever money you get from works and otherwise goes in to your bank account and then you pay bills from it. And so if you have a mortgage that's a 30-year versus a 15, it does change cash flow quite a bit. You know, we do have retirees that go into retirement with a mortgage and some of them have a 30-year. Some of them wanted to pay things off sooner, may have a 15-year. And there probably are people out there right now that got into a 15 mortgage, which may be great because the rates were wonderful, but what if they got laid off, right? So thinking ahead is important and not saying that a 15-year mortgage is a bad idea. In many cases, it's a great idea. But just looking at your situation to see, okay, what do we need from a monthly basis? And is this mortgage going to constrain us too much? Are we going to have too little to work with at the end of the month? And as you get into retirement, if we have volatility like we've experienced, maybe you have to modify your budget a bit. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Perhaps that's one of the things where you could save. Hey, you know, I have a 30-year mortgage and I've been paying a little extra. Okay, let me let me trim that down just to the regular payment. Because just because you have a 30-year mortgage doesn't mean you have to take 30 years to pay it off. You know, there's a, a saying that, you know, a 15-year mortgage is great because it ends at in 15 years and the 30 ends in 30. That's true. But you could make a 30-year mortgage into a 15 if you apply yourself and pay extra. But then again, you're applying the gas pedal, call it, and you're throwing extra money at it. But then maybe you turn around and re- remove some of the contributions or, or how much you're putting into towards the mortgage. If times get tough, or maybe you want to put more money in other buckets, retirement or otherwise. So it's important to note, well, like I said, we'll have um, somebody come on and talk about mortgages and kind of where real estate is here in the next uh, couple of episodes, just to bring on more value to our listeners. But uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, is planning a little bit more. And we've had some questions that have come in and people are looking a lot of times for a solution, simply. They're coming saying, hey, what's your best rate? What's this? What's that? And that's fine. People ask questions, right? But a lot of the time, I mean, all the time, they'll get a feedback answer from us saying, well, it depends, just like we kind of talk about on our radio, because we need to really know the overall picture before we give any sort of a recommendation or suggestion as to what to do, because otherwise we wouldn't be doing our job, right? Just because CDs are maybe paying higher doesn't mean that's the best solution, because markets sold off a bit and it's at a discount doesn't mean that's the best solution either. You really have to weigh the options as to what makes sense. Now, what are some of the factors that go into it? Well, we look at, you know, what do you need in income? When does the income have to come in? Where are you pulling the income? Roth, traditional, 
just the brokerage account? How much do you need on a monthly basis? Are you covering your own health insurance? Is that covered? What are your expenses? What's your budget like? Another thing that has been a subject, as always has been, is social security. When do I take my social security and how does that play in with my overall investment strategy or otherwise? Can I take my social security now or do I wait? Does my husband wait? Do we take it at the same time? Lots of questions there, right? And then required minimum distributions. I've said it on the show a few episodes ago and it's kind of stuck with me. And that's people don't really like to be told what to do, right? As adults, we don't like people coming to us saying, hey, do this. Because, well, we're adults. We're not supposed to be told. But the government will make us take a required minimum distribution. They'll come to us and say, hey, you've got an IRA. You're over 73, which is an update. 72 was the number. Now it's 73. You have to take a required minimum distribution or 4% or 5% or whatever the calculation for your ages from your retirement accounts so we can tax it. We don't care what you do with the money. Just send us the tax portion, right? And the rest of it, you could do whatever with. So then you reinvest that money. Do you spend it? What should you do? And are there ways of maybe lowering how much you have to take in required minimum distributions, right? Well, we know some of the uh, taxes will be changing in the future. Taxes might be going up. So does it make more sense to pay taxes now or into the future? And so tax planning is a big part of figuring out what to do, what bucket of money to pull from. And it's not necessarily always very, very in-depth. A lot of times it can be pretty uh, at a basic level and it makes your uh, light bulbs kind of go on. I, I enjoy that moment when I'm speaking with somebody and all of a sudden I'm, I'm seeing in their eyes that aha moment, like, oh man, I didn't think about that. And that's really what planning is about and having a guide or financial advisor, somebody in your corner that can guide you through the different options, give you suggestions, um, allow you to really think about, okay, what else am I not thinking of, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that you always apply all the suggestions or all the ideas are going to be the best. But again, you're having that collaboration. You're speaking with someone, bouncing ideas, and together you can come up with a plan that will help you ideally in a better manner than you would do on your own. Just because on your own, you've got your own research. Maybe you rely on your spouse and that's okay. But perhaps you need somebody in your corner. And again, the planning itself, if you're planned out and you know what you're doing, it gives you a little bit more confidence. Doesn't make stress go away or anything because the markets are still going to be the markets. There's going to be volatility, but having some sort of a plan for the good and the bad and the ugly, as they say, right? Uh, having an all-weather portfolio is important. So if you haven't sat down with anyone and taken a look at what your plan is, doesn't matter if you're younger, middle-aged, older, maybe you're in retirement already, there's never a bad time to consider where you are. We have had a little bit of green markets, uh, which is obviously welcome. Uh, perhaps now is the time to reposition the portfolio. Perhaps it's not, but it's always a good idea to sit down with somebody and just take a look at what options are out there because things are always changing. Um, the financial services industry always has some other things that they're rolling out and ideas always change. So uh, it, it, it's a good idea to consider just a complimentary consultation. We do it for our listeners. Our number here is 503-253-3000. It's an obligation consultation. We'll sit down with you, take an hour, two hours of your time, meeting or two, get to know you and give you some suggestions. With that, we're wrapping up the show. Again, we thank everyone for listening, tuning in. We'll be on next Sunday. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And this has been Investing Simplified. Price Financial Group Wealth Management.
The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Price Financial Group Wealth Management. We do investing simplified.